you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Yep, now you got to get a drop for us. Okay. All right, Jason McCourty, say whatever you want to say. I'm Jason McCourty, whatever. And hold then. on, hold on, put that down. This is a true professional here, Thomas. All right, and you're listening oh. to the NFL Players Second Acts Podcast. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Jason McCourty. I'm sitting here with Peanut Tillman, Roman Harper. I'm big fans of theirs, and I'm honored and I'm humbled to be here on the NFL Players Second Acts Podcast. Make sure you take a listen. Hey, and once you listen, you hit that follow button. Oh, my God. That was the best one we ever had. That was the best one we ever had. Boom. He nailed it. He nailed it. He nailed it. One take. First take. Boom. He's a true I'm Peanut Tillman, and this is the NFL Player Second Acts Podcast. With me, as always, I got my sidekick, my co-host, my older brother, Roman Harper, on the show with me. What's up, baby? What's up, man? I'm clearly not older than you. You are older than uh, <laughs> you. look older than you. Or you, just, <laughs> or you just got a stressful clearly. life. Not older than you. I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers. Because you guys are tuning in too, man. Anywhere you pick us up at, whether it's iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating, a review. Click that button, follow. Man, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And Peanut. Yes, sir. Who is our magnificent, beautiful guest today? All right. Let me read some of these uh, bio real quick. Uh, Played 13 seasons in the NFL. Super Bowl winning champion. He's currently the co-host of Good Morning Football. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jason McCordy. Appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. That's, this is what you do now, right? This is, this is you know, the media business, how we doing? I've, I've convinced people to believe in that. So, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm doing right that, now. That's so. important. <laughs> yeah, that's important. I, when I just saw you, I'm like, dude. Think it till you make it. Yeah, man, it's no the doubt. first time I've actually got to meet this young mm-hmm. man. I, I think he's been a brilliant mind. I think he's great on TV. He's a great player as well. And uh, really just cool upbringing, dude. I got to give you honestly, I, I watched you on uh, Good Morning uh, Football, and, dude, I really liked the fit check segment. <laughs> I was, like, really feeling that. Especially with all whatever players are wearing now. It's really weird. No doubt it's about so it. Weird. It's no doubt it's about so it. weird. No doubt about it. And we started that this season, and when we were talking about doing it, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not just going to put outfits up there and be like, oh, this one's dope, this one's that. Like, somebody's wearing something. I have no idea what it is. I'm going in, so... Yeah, I mean, it's just a new wave, bro. It's all good. But, all right, I want to try to start to transition. Let's jump into some football stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, how in the well, – let's get rid of the let's, – let's get over the, the – let's address the elephant in the room as mm-hmm. well. This is something I was like – so what you're telling me is that Dev's a better athlete. 
Is this what I want to know your opinion? Well, what was the competition? What was the yeah. competition like? Was your brother the better in, athlete? In your who's house? better? When y'all grew up, is how it, how was that? When I mean, you ask the question, people about who's better, I'm like, if you put him in a seat next to me, we'll argue for hours <laughs> on who's better and both try to bring proof to the situation. Uh for us growing up, I would say we were most competitive video games and basketball, one-on-one basketball. We would go out and we wouldn't keep score and we would just play, going yeah. at each other. And it would usually end in one of us, an argument, we're fighting. Somebody fights. And then mom would come out there and <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. would be the end of it. And <laughs> it was the same that. thing with video games where you're playing, everything's all good, and then next thing you know, <laughs> you got somebody in the headlock and the whole nine. So as far as competition, now we always were the tight. We love playing against each other. Yeah. But if we could ever be on the same team, we love going against other people. So yeah. I, it, our journey's been amazing just from a standpoint of there's nobody that's going to hold me more accountable probably other than my wife. She'll tell me how it is than Dev. If there's something not right, we're going to call each other out on it. I remember uh, he goes to the Pro Bowl his rookie year, seven interceptions, steps on yeah. the scene, and just balls. And that next offseason, we're back at Rutgers working out, and we're doing pull-ups. And he cuts the pull-up short. He does like six, and there might have been eight or whatever. I'm like, you going you gonna to cut my pull-up short? Like, what are we doing here? He was like, you think these pull-ups are going to get you to the Pro Bowl? Now we're nose-to-nose in the weight room. People are separating <laughs> us. And then he went out there and had a terrible year, his second year, and he got them pull-ups in the next year. So uh, mm. that's just that, that's us. We argue, we fight, love each other, don't talk about it, and we're just fine the next year. All right, year. what video game? Was like it for you guys? Which was which was the one that probably was like, all right, this, we probably gonna end up fighting today. NBA Live, NBA, NBA Live. Live. We were we were sp- like we couldn't play any shooting game. We were terrible in anything other than a sports game. So it was NBA Live and Madden, all of those. So yeah, it, it, but Live was that was it. What was okay. your team? Oh, I was Orlando Magic fan. Penny Hardaway was yes. my guy. Uh, yes, Penny yeah, yeah, yeah. was my guy. I'm with you. Yeah. I was an NBA Jam kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, that, you're showing your age. Showing his age over here. Well, everybody <laughs> I'm, know. I'm showing, like I'm, I'm, I'm showing my age. You're not showing your age. I'm wearing mine. <laughs> I'm wearing mine. <laughs> Noted. Noted. All right. What was your welcome to the NFL moment when you got to the league? The first one was just the the business side, the realness of the NFL. Because yeah. I was a late-round draft pick, six-round yeah. draft pick. So I'm get in there, Tennessee Titans. And you know, training camp, you go out there in your stretch lines, yeah. and you about nine deep at every position. Of no going damn. back, guys, you got drafted with the whole nine. We get to that last cut, and the way they did it in Tennessee was kind of crazy when I first got in the league. The last two days where you go through that last cut, guys stayed in the building. A lot of teams, you'd be at the hotel, it'd be a day off. We were all in the building. So you'd have guys playing Madden, our strength coach, was we called the Grim, the Grim Reaper. Reaper. Yeah. He was a guy. You that guys know. Everybody had a Grim Reaper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the strength coach, coach. Like, he hated it. Yeah, he hated it because he had the best <laughs> relationship. So you'd be there in the locker room and you playing Madden and you get that tab on the shoulder. Hey, uh, Coach, you see you bring your playbook. Bring your playbook. So I remember we go through those cuts and then we go back out there to stretch line. And this is my rookie year. I, I, I'm just trying to make the team. You go out there and next thing you know, there's four people in your line. And you're looking around and the entire room is just decimated. Yeah. Everybody's gone. And it was the reality of just what the NFL was and how quickly your dream, you're there, and the next moment you're gone. So the season starts, rookie year, I'm out there. We're playing, I want to say, the Rams. And at that point, Steven Jackson is the running back. And my DB coach was a guy, Marcus Robertson, played in the league. Played safety. Yep, played safety for the Titans Oilers. He's like, I'm telling y'all, when you get out there, don't be nervous. You're going to look out there in pregame. You're going to see Steven Jackson. You're going to be like, he looks like a Madden creative player. Yeah. So I ain't playing any defense. Rookie, I'm out there on kickoff. 
And you know, back then they had the three, four man wedge. wedge. <laughs> you was a wedge buster. No, I oh. was the number two. <laughs> I was the speed guy. Yeah, I'm on had, the edge. I've we seen had the some edge. injuries, and they was like, "We're gonna need you to play the number three spot." I'm like, "Coach, I don't really know the number three spot like that. I feel more comfortable on the outside." You don't have that type of say when you're a rookie. Get out there at the three spot. I'm running. Nobody, nobody's blocking me. I'm straight. That means I'm on to the wedge. Man, I get. Yeah, up. they let you go right Ooh. on. Free. I get up from getting hit. The veterans on the sideline like this. They holding up numbers, trying to see if I'm okay. That was my first moment. I was just like, you know what? I don't know if I, I got to find a way to get on defense because this, <laughs> this special teams, this, this ain't for me. Kick off that life. Because I got to find a way. I'm telling you. That's like, low life. Yeah. We've talked about this with multiple guests. It's like, look, playing special teams in the NFL, it's a mindset. That's yeah. I hate my life. Like that, that, that's <laughs> that's a, the mindset that you have to yeah, have. You like, it's a different breed. And if you don't do it early, you can't pick it up late. Oh, no way. You get to a point where now next thing you know, you're eight, nine year, ten year vet and the team wants you and they're like, ah, but we're gonna need you to be the personal protector on punter. So I'm like, ah, it might be time for me to go ahead and hang him up. <laughs> like if that, if that's if that's what I'm resorting to, it might be my moment might be gone. Yeah, because like I, I don't know how you hit that switch on. Cause mm-hmm. these dudes, this is how they feed their family. Yep. Yeah. And you have not been in that lane yep. before. We y'all know, ever on the hands team? Y'all ain't ever do hands team? Like bro, when they do it, hands yeah. is straight, bro. They, I ain't worried about that. That's easy. Yeah. All right. So I want to know this. How did you get on the radar um, by the Tennessee Titans or other NFL teams knowing that you were not invited to the combine, which totally blew my mind? Yeah. How did that happen? I was talking. In your mind? Yeah. Uh, pro Day. I uh, ran a 4 3 flat, and I think mm. speed in this league, if you kills. can run, it's speed like, kills, gets yeah. to the end of the draft. Like, oh, he can run. We'll see what he can do. But what helped me was we drafted Kenny Britt that same year. Me and Kenny were oh, the yeah, yeah, Rutgers yeah, together. So he yeah. was our first-round draft pick. And our DB coach there, Marcus Robertson, he liked me. He had saw me on film and thought I could possibly become a good player. So Kenny gets in the building. That's when the draft was two days. So he's there already. He gets in the building. Mark Robb goes up to him and was like, Jason, any good? What do you think of him? Kenny's like, man, we battled every single day in practice. If it wasn't for him and his brother, I wouldn't be the player I was. He made me better each mm-hmm. and every day. Mark Robb went straight to the GM and was just like, we need this guy. Went Going straight to, to Ryan Went to bat for me. So like it's funny because it comes full circle. I just called the Titans Saints game the first game of the season. Mark Robb is a DB coach now for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm down there in pregame talking to him who drafted me way back in 09. Yeah. And now I'm commentating calling the game. So That's crazy because I just met Mark Robb. Uh, when they were in Monday night mm. for the, versus the Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Yep. So I the the following week or so, yep. I just met him for the first time. I knew mm-hmm. exactly who he was, but I was like, yeah. oh, dang. He came up and introduced him. I was really excited. I Talking about full circle. Small world. This yeah. is what, this small what world. I mean, I've watched you guys for so long. I remember we're playing. <laughs> Chicago comes to Nashville, and obviously the peanut punch. Everybody yeah. knows about the whole week leading up to the game. It's just like, you see this guy. Oh, this is 2012? Yeah. yeah. Just get yeah. down. Yeah. Just get yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> First play of the game. <laughs> Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt, a 20-something yard pass over the middle. He punched the ball out. They beat us 50-something. To t- it was, it was, he it wasn't was. looking at play. He he got him was like looking this way. Yep. Like, yeah, I got y'all. And I came blind. First, so I was like, first, I could have like knocked him out. But I was just like, why? Just, first just play get the ball. of the game. Give me the ball. <laughs> I think you forced three fumbles in that game. He Man. said he was going to mention this, but since you brought it up. I don't forget. I remember. <laughs> I, when you understand, going against Brandon Marshall, we turning the ball. Yeah, it wasn't a fun day. That was <sighs> a great day. Yeah, it wasn't a fun <laughs> that day. That was a fun day. So many Bears fans in the stands, the whole nine. Yeah, because yeah. your fans started leaving. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, I don't like, know bro. if they came. That was rough. There was some rough times in Tennessee at that point. <laughs> some rough times. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good defensive day for us. What was that three-month period like in, you know, in 2017? You went – you were on that – 
defeated team in Cleveland. Yeah, that All was right. that was rough. How was Hugh Jackson in Cleveland when you guys went on 16 on 17? So when you think of Hugh, you got to remember not only went on 16, but the year before that they, they were went one and 15. 15. Yeah. So that year. Terrible from top to bottom. Terrible. Right, there's right. no, there's no like it's the not way you just described that. I don't have any positive <laughs> to say. Hugh, this, that, and I have nothing. Like I got we you. went zero sixteen. Was not fun. But I think you look at that from that standpoint. The organization was trying to get back right, and they knew they had to go through kind of a down phase mm-hmm. to get back up. So you think about just to fast for a little bit. 2017, we don't win a game. That very next year in 2018, they draft Baker Mayfield. They go out to go get Tyrod Taylor. They bring in a ton of free agents with the draft picks and the capital that they amassed over the previous two seasons. Right. So, but being in it as a player, the one oh. thing I will say, that locker room was phenomenal as far as like you had young guys in there working their butts off because they didn't know any different. And yeah. that was tough for me. I'm a nine-year vet and I'm showing up and you're trying to give – mentorship and say the only thing you could tell guys is like this ain't it like yeah. go hard because this is going to blow up and at some point you're going to need to be Dude, somewhere else film. yeah i remember duke johnson was on that team he goes to houston like the next year he's playing next to deshaun watson emmanuel ogba won a super bowl with the kansas city chiefs larry Ogunjobi got paid by the pittsburgh steelers there was a ton of talent on that team demario davis was on that team and got traded away for calvin Pryor to go back to the jets joe hayden was released in the preseason, and he goes on to play four or five more years with the Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers at yeah. a high level. So it's not like there wasn't good players in that locker room. Mm-hmm. There were a ton of them, but it shows you from any organization, if it's not right at the very top, it trickles down to the bottom, well, and that's what that season well, was Well, even like. you can include yourself in that, and I want to know your mindset was yeah. you went from there to all of a sudden getting traded to the New England Pages where, I mean, I, I go from a team that we ain't winning nothing to yeah. all of a sudden now we got a really chance – to win a Super Bowl. So what was that like? I mean, and you get to match back up with your brother. Yeah. So what was that whole thing? Was he in on that? Was yeah. what was the what was the family with everybody celebrating? Yeah. Take me through that. That was a dream come true. We finished that season in Cleveland. And the season in Cleveland was rough too. Even we had just had our third kid. She was alert. She had severe food allergies. So just figuring out life in yeah. that year was, was a rough. Lot. Yeah. I remember when the season ended, my agent's Cleveland base. I was like, yo, I'm not coming back to Cleveland. I was like, it's a two-year deal. I was like, but I'm too old for this at this point. I'm going <laughs> right. in to year 10. Like, I was in Tennessee. We went 2-14 and 14 one year, 3-13. and 13. I'm like, I've taken my lumps. I need to figure <laughs> out to end on a good note. And, yeah. Um, I'm sure the weather in Cleveland don't help you. So gray and on <laughs> fourteen, there's no sun. It's just like my mom came Straight out there. Depression. Dude, it's tough. Oh, my mom came out and she's like, "I'm have to see you in the off season. I'm not, I'm not coming back." Uh, but the season ends, and I remember we had got a new general manager, John, uh, John Dorsey, yep. in Cleveland. Uh, Sashi Brown was let go, and John calls me. He's just like, "Hey, we're bringing in some corners, and just out of respect for you, we're going to try. We're going to release you now, so you can get on with another team." So. At one end, I'm excited that he's going to release me. At the other end, I'm like, and that's disrespectful. Y'all, y'all didn't go out and sign. You didn't go get Sauce Gardner or one of the yeah, top yeah. quarterbacks in the league. But like, no, no problem. So he tells me that literally maybe an hour or two later, Dev calls me, he FaceTimes me, and he's just like, hey, you just got traded to the Patriots. I'm like, what? I'm like, bro, get off my phone. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm dead serious. You just got traded to the Patriots. So when I told Dev that I was going to be released, he texted Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator yeah. at the time for New England. 
And I say, then Flo calls him and was just like, you may want to hit Bill up yourself. You, it might come better from you. So he texts Belichick, two McCordys are better than one. Bill, mm. Bill doesn't respond. So 45 minutes go by, he's like, damn, I guess two ain't better than one. <laughs> and Bill calls him like, hey, uh, we're, we're going to trade for your brother. We're not going to go through the free agency stuff. We're just going to go ahead and trade for him. So I remember FaceTiming my mom, and she was just ecstatic, yelling that's on dope. the phone. That is that's really dope. Because when I found out I was going to get released, I said to my wife, I'd love to go play for the Giants or Jets because it's home. But first, if I go play alongside my brother, like that's a dream come true. And I remember flying there in March. He picked me up from the airport. We went over, and my wife said to me, because I was a back end of a two-year deal, she was like, no matter what happens this year, if you play a lot, you don't play at all, like just don't take any of this for granted. Yeah, yeah. Granted, Cheers, enjoy, yeah. Enjoy, enjoy the, the moment. moment. Yeah. And we go on to win the Super Bowl. So that's were your insane. That's a big deal. Hey, yeah. Tell me this, though. Um, was it ever a dream of you guys growing up to, like, play in the league together on the same team? Because, oh, yeah. like, that's, that's so hard to fathom. Yeah. It's so hard to actually get there. No and doubt then, about it. You know, you guys' journey to get there was so different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you ever give up on this dream? Or are you kind of just like, it was just put on the back burner, never thought about, and all of a sudden, then it happened? It was always it was always a dream. Uh, we had given up on it at that point. In 2015, I think Schefter had tweeted that New England Patriots were looking to trade for me. And supposedly, like, that was rumored, and it, and it almost happened, but it fell through. And then in 2017, before I signed with the Browns, I was a free agent. Uh, New England had just signed Stephon Gilmore. They had mm-hmm. Eric Rowe. They had Malcolm Butler. So they, they, they had guys. And we had talked about it, but it was just like, for me, I still wanted to play. So yep, it was just yep. like, I don't want to put myself in. So at that point, we were like, we tried. It probably wasn't going to happen. And then when it happened organically, kind of without free agency or anything like that, it was, it, it was so cool. And then that season – we start out, I played five plays the first game against Houston. And the next game, I was about to be inactive that game. They had younger guys that they wanted to play. I took a pay cut in training camp. So it was just like, all right, I will just enjoy it. This might be the last year. And then a guy got injured. I ended up playing, started the rest of the season, and ended up signing back after the year. But uh, yeah, it, was, it was a crazy ride. Stay tuned in. We'll be right back after a quick break. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk about, so you, you, you go from being 0-17 to 
winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And not just winning the Super Bowl, but you had one of the the better one of, if you could arguably say one of the best defensive plays in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, where Cooks is running scot free yeah. up the middle of the field. Like what did you see on that play? How, awesome. how did that play? How did that play transform in your mind? Yeah, saw some bad defense for sure. <laughs> you guys can appreciate it as DBs, right? Right. Um, they ran that play earlier in the game, and we were playing cover four. And I remember getting to the sideline, and me and my brother are talking. He's just like, "Yo, if they come back to this, you got to get back to the middle." I was like, "For sure, I see it. We'll, we'll be all right." And they come back to the play, and I don't know what Gilly's thinking on the right side, but they're just running over post, and Gilly sees the over coming towards him, and he drops the post. And both safeties, they go to get the post because yeah. Gilly's high. And I'm pushing, and I see it, and I turn. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Wide and open. at that point, it's just like, hustle, go try to make the play. 0340, let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's put it in. Let's put, and then, you know, this is year 10, so that's probably more like a 4 five at that point <laughs> late in the season. Yeah, but it was four, just, four, eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's just put your head down and run. And just lucky for me, Goff was late. Ball wasn't really a great pass and was able to make the play. Yeah, it was, it was a, a great was a play. play. Yeah. I looked it back up. I was like, I totally forget about these plays. There's so many hidden plays yeah, yeah, yeah. in a game that no you about tend to it. forget about, but could really change the whole momentum of everything. Because yeah. uh, I was at a neighbor's house watching that game, and it's just, uh, it was really, really uh, a momentous, huge play. Mm-hmm. And then on the backside of it, how about your brother being the first one there to kind of celebrate with you? It's just oh, like, yeah. this has got to take you back to like Little League. Being High school kid, where Warner, college yeah. and it's just like, man, like we still just got each other's back. Oh, but it was so cool how y'all did it though. It was just like, nah, it wasn't even nah, big nah, deal. Nah. Yeah, yeah, it was just like, another another was like, yo, this is what we do. Yeah. And then, like I was just like, yo, that, I mean, yeah, it was a super like, it was just real chill. Yeah. Real low key. Um, that was dope as hell. Just cause I remember us in high school that used to call your name. We had our chest bump with our handshake. Yeah, yeah. All of that stuff. And I remember playing Pop Warner football. We'd play early Sunday mornings, and we'd wake up before the game, and we'd go outside, and we'd go over all the plays, and we're throwing the ball, handing it off. So to think about from that moment, being 10, 11 years old, and you're doing this, and you're playing on the same football field, we'd have the schedule with the little magnet on the refrigerator, and we'd keep a tally of of our touchdowns. Okay. One year, we both ended up with the same exact number. So from that point to playing alongside each other in the Super Bowl, and him being a captain, and both being starters, like not just both on the team, but both being major contributors to the team. Uh, it It was just so cool, and we lived like walking distance away from each other. My mom would come down, spend a week at my house, spend a week at his house, the kids. That was the first time in our lives I had three kids at the time. He had just had his second. That was the first time for our kids that they were able to be around each other. Mm Because for the other part, I'm playing in one city, he's playing in another. And then in the offseason, at that point, you both kind of have your lives going. So it's not. I stayed in Nashville or wherever I was, and he was in Boston and New Jersey. So from a family perspective, it was was so cool. That's, yeah. That's just really deep. That's really cool just to be able to give us that insight. And just like a whole snapshot of where you guys were at in your life. Yeah. Then versus now. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I was just saying, um, well, I was just thinking, well, the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Have you guys grown since, you know, now that you're all done? Because now do the kids get to see each other more? Is it, Or is that just a certain time where, like, the cousins became best friends? What do you think you cherish the most or you take away from that, those couple years together as far as your brother, brothers as a relationship mm-hmm. and then also as your kids and families? So our relationship was really cool because you think about it, our entire lives we had been together. So yeah. obviously you grow up together, we decided to go to college together. So we were roommates at one point, first year, then after that we were just in the same house. So we've always been around each other. So then I get drafted the year before him, he redshirted, 
And then you think about it from that standpoint, I'm in the NFL, I'm doing my thing, the Titans, Browns, he's in New England. So now there's a course of nine years. We've both grown kind of apart in our own world. Mm, right. And now I get to New England and he's the guy. He's like, the guy. Like, this Bill's guy. He's <laughs> paid there. He's won two Super Bowls. And that's just there. That's my brother. So we'll be in the meeting room. He'll say something. I'm like, hell no, that's not right. And we'd be arguing in the meeting room. And at this point, we're older than coaches. So <laughs> that dynamic was really cool. And then off the field, both of us as fathers and husbands at that time. And like I said in the beginning, when it came to football, there's nobody's going to hold each other more accountable than us two. Right. So it could be a dynamic with your wife where I'm just like, oh, you're tripping on that. Like You, need to, you yeah. need to do X, Y, and Z. Or if it's spending more time with, like we would call each other out on that. And now we were around each other more to be able to really see, see it, it yeah. on a day-to-day basis yeah, of what yeah, you're yeah. dealing with. Mm. So that part of it was really cool. And then our kids, uh, just they get along so well. And it's so funny. Uh, my youngest, his oldest, are just 11 days apart. They call themselves twin cousins. Uh, both of our oldest are girls. And we watch them. And now his daughter is four years younger than my daughter. And it's just like she's a younger version of my oldest, more than her little sister. Right. Uh, both of us have boys second, so watching them two kind of grow up and argue, they're a few years apart, and then now he has a two-year-old. So we're now 30 minutes away from each other. Uh, both our kids play sports on the weekend. He comes to all my son's game, brings the entire family, then we hang out after. So that dynamic, you can't beat it. And special for us is we've been in the same profession, both of us, our adult lives. So mm. Football, you talk about what you're going through and your teammates are one thing, but having somebody, yo, what are y'all doing out there? We, I remember we played games. I'm like, yo, what game plan are y'all using? Because ours looks trash. I need to go ask coach, like, <laughs> can we implement this? And now doing the media stuff. So I did it all last year. Now he's jumping into it. And the whole time he'd be hitting me up as he's starting his job with NBC. I'm like, bro, figure it out. I had to figure it out last year. I didn't have nobody to hit up. He's asking yeah. me all these. But like that part has been really special of us being able to lean on each other throughout different aspects in our lives. Life. That's dope. So you played two more years, right? You played two more years after you win your Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. At what point in time did you feel like it was time to retire? And then when you did retire, how much time did you take off? Yeah, so um, we win that Super Bowl, back, come back in 2019 and feel great. And yeah. we're number one defense on New England. And in our secondary at the corner position, it's myself, a young J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, John Jones. And we got like a four-man rotation with Gilly didn't leave the field. Like He was he was the guy. He's still but that other guy. Than that, so, no doubt about He's it. He's still that guy. So it was just a great vibe. Then I ended up getting hurt uh, finishing that year. I had a uh, sports hernia. So then come back Oof. in 20, yeah, come back in 20. That was my fourth one I had. So come back in 2020, play that year, and don't really feel like myself. Uh, make it through the year. And I remember going to 21. That was, 2020 was my last year in New England, and I'm a free agent. And Bill's the one thing with Bill, he's going to be honest with you. He was just like, you know how we feel about you here, but at this point, like, we're not looking to bring you back. At some point down the line, we may. And then Miami calls with Coach Flores, my DB coach mm -hmm. Josh Boyer was a defensive coordinator there. I remember saying to my wife, I was just like, last year just wasn't my best year. I just, if I'm going to leave the game, I want to leave and feel good about what yeah. I just put on tape and train my butt off that offseason to go to Miami. And we drafted Javon Holland uh, in the second round. Yep, so I knew I was going there to be the guy for a little while. And then we got to training camp. I was like, oh, yeah, he, he's going he's gonna to be good. So get down there. And it's a chance to go hang out in Miami for six months with my family. Uh, so it was great. And then I ended up doing a list Frank on my foot. And mm. I remember limping off the field. We're playing against Atlanta. And I was like, that's it. Like, I'm not going through a whole rehab process. to, go. And so – 
took time off because basically from the end of October, I was just home. Yeah. And once I uh, did the broadcast boot camp with the NFL Love it. and different job opportunities came. And once the job opportunities came, I was just like, that's it. Right, this is the next chapter in life and I'm going to be able to walk right into it. So I announced my retirement one week and a week later announced that I was joining Good Morning Football. And see, that's what kind of happened with Peanut. So Peanut literally, they all, because when they offer you stuff or when opportunities come up, got to take it. Got to take it. It's really hard to like, uh, maybe I'll come back. Yep. We're not a quarterback. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? We might not look the same. We might not look the part all the time. So right. you, you, when you get, when it offered to you, you got to kind of take it, yeah. whether you're ready for it or not. Yeah. And you just got to grab it and just go with it. Um, is that kind of the same advice that you were given? And uh, would you, what would you kind of advice would you give yourself looking back at it? Would you change anything? Definitely wouldn't change anything. I think unique for myself, uh, Cortland Finnegan was a mentor for me in Love Tennessee. Love Cortland. Yeah. He was with him in uh, Carolina. Yeah. Okay, that's that's my guy. Um, yeah, we got some stories that we can tell offline. Oh, yeah. If he you, a funny if, dude. If you know Cortland or if you've played against Cortland, you have stories because Court, Court's crazy. So, <laughs> no um, doubt. He, he, so I remember talking to him when he retired, and Cortland was a seventh-round draft pick out of Sanford. And I remember asking him, like how, like, how do you feel about it? And he was just like, Jay, when I came into the league, like, the expectation I set forth for myself, he was like, I've so far succeed, exceeded that, that, like, I have no regrets. I loved everything about my career. And I remember going into the league as a six-rounder, and I remember the first agent I ever talked to, he was like, yo, I'm going to set you up with this gunner, and we're going to teach you how to be a gunner in the league. And I was like, damn, I'm kind of hoping I could be a little bit more than a gunner, you know what I mean? <laughs> But going in, like, my rookie year, I was like, yo, if I could just make the team and play special teams right. I, and figure it out from there. So to think 13 years later, a mm. starter for 11 out of my 13 years in the NFL, won a Super Bowl, was like when it was time to hang him up, I was just like, job well done. And I was a guy that I wasn't immensely talented where I could just show up and be better than guys. So, like, I put the work in. So it was just like when it was said to be done, it was just like I gave the thing all I had mm. and it was the same exact thing those job opportunities and I remember talking to Chris Holt another guy was my other mentor and the one thing he told me I was I thought about retiring when I left Tennessee just that newness of having to switch teams Chris Holt yep Chris yep. Holt and um, safety from Florida State yep Florida State was uh one was the Steelers was with Troy Palomalo mm -hmm. got paid and Tennessee was a Super Bowl champ as well and he was like Jay Mack in country from South Carolina he said the one thing I'm gonna tell you when you lead a game that's it there's no turning back. There's no pickup league to go put your equipment on and go play. He was like, if you play basketball, you can go to the local Y. There's softball. Game. He was like, when football, when it's done, it's done. So he was like, just make sure you're you're secure with that. And I was. And people asked me over this past year and a half of like, do you miss it? And I was like, you miss the guys. You miss the conversations. I was like, but I look down on that field. Like, no, I don't miss that. I see a big hit. I'm just like, that looks like it hurts. Yeah. I, I want no parts of that anymore. So, um, yeah, there was, there was no regrets. I was done when I walked off the field. See, that's exactly how I was. I, I, I want to go back, though, because this really, I didn't know something about mm -hmm. you and your brother. And that's that you guys, first of all, he, he was the one that mo a lot of teams wanted coming out of high school, mm -hmm. correct? I was. I was more you, than him. You were more yeah. than him. And not by a lot. Uh, and not by a lot. <laughs> and how does it feel when all of a sudden, is there a conversation to have this competition where it's like you kind of check the box when he gets redshirted and you don't? Oh, I tell him all the time. Because I didn't know that until you said it earlier, and I was like, he still he still owes me money. <laughs> I, I I had three offers coming out of high school. He he had one double A offers at the time. So that was in New Hampshire, the Hofstra's, and all of those schools. 
And Rutgers essentially offered him to try to get both of us to go. Mm. And it's funny, um, just a short story. So we go on our visit and Rutgers offers him. And I had a visit to Boston College as well. Dev commits ASAP. That no, was his, he didn't. That was his only 1A <laughs> offer. He was like, well, if that's what y'all doing, I'm coming. I'm committing. Right now. And, uh, Darren Rizzi, who's a special teams coach uh, in New Orleans, oh, yeah. he was a guy who recruited us to Rutgers. Oh, wow. And I just was talking to him this past week and he said, when uh, Dev committed, our head coach at the time, Greg Shiano, he said him and Greg were in the car, and he was just like, we got duped. We got duped. <laughs> we wanted the cow. We got the calf. We got the other one. That's not the one we wanted. And, you know, culture, that's how it that, that's, that's what it, that's it, what is. it is. That's duped. what it is. That's what it is. That's exactly and what it is. fast forward, it all worked out. But uh, I got there for him, and then I ended up getting drafted the year before him, and I go in the sixth round, but I make the team. I start a few games. I yeah. showed a little bit of promise. I wasn't right. a world beater. Then he comes out the next year. He goes 27th overall, and I'm just like, bro, like, you, you, if you think about it, me getting in, the bloodline, the whole, I kind of help. I'm still waiting for – he went to the Pro Bowl. I had to pay my own way to Hawaii. He, oh, he ain't even going to get you. Nothing. He was like, bro, come on. You know we got other family members. I got to help them out. You good. You got to check. So, but it's always been like that. And I remember yeah. uh, in college he struggled with – in high school he struggled with that when he felt like Rutgers was only offering him because of me. He wasn't going to go. And I remember my mom sat us down and she said – at some point in both of you guys' lives, you're going to need to lean on each other. Dev, if you got to ride Jay's coattails to get there, then get there. Once you get there, it's your opportunity to show him what you can do, and that's what he did. I like that. I like that. What, what, did, what would you give your grade now that you're in the media broadcast boot camp when you first started out, mm. and what would you grade yourself now today mm. how, of how you're doing it? I'm a confident guy, so I'm giving myself an A. I'm saying I'm showing up and I'm ready to go. I would say early on, Probably a C. And yeah. in my mind, if you would have asked me, I would have told you, I'm probably a B plus. I'm, I'm scratching it. But like early on, you you have no idea what you're doing. You're so. trying to figure it out. So you don't even know yeah. that you're not that good. You feel like, oh, I, I just gave him one hell of a sound bite right there with that last <laughs> thing I thought of last night. But in reality, and just, it's a lot. You're reading off the prompter. I remember getting there uh, at the boot camp, and they were like, you guys are going to call a game for radio. You're going to call a game for TV. Totally do different. an interview. I've never called And it. I was like, you said we got to call a game. I was just like, I, I didn't even think about that. And then you do it, and I was just like, Yo, that was awesome. Like, I, I love the feeling of doing it, but I'm not good. But in yeah. your mind, you're like, you can bring so much. I'm a former player. Yeah. And you learn that there's people that, whether they play it or not, like, this is their profession. Yes. And they know, what, they know what the hell they're doing. And being on that show last year was so cool because sitting to the right of me, Jamie Erdahl has been doing TV for such a long time, did sidelines in the SEC for eight years. Kyle Brandt was an executive producer on Jim Rome's show, then got to Good Morning Football. He's been doing it for over a decade. Schrager, he's been for over a decade. was at yeah, uh, yeah. SI and then was at Fox doing sideline studio stuff. And I got to watch them. And that's when I really realized that, yo, I got a lot to, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with the other three co-hosts right. on the show. Yeah. And it was as a, you know, we, we love Competitive. to compete. We compete. So there just like, I would see them do something. I'm like, I got to figure out how to do that. And you just get better and better. And then I think the other side of it is just comfort. You get comfortable being in front of the camera. You get comfortable reading off the prompter. Um, when we first started the show, it was like the first Monday after, or whatever it was, Monday after preseason, it was like, we're reading highlights. And I was like, I got to read highlights? <laughs> I was like, you, I, I, no one told me this. Yeah, bro. I'm just here for the color. You know what I mean? So you're just learning as you go. So I, just, And people tell me that all the time. Even my mom, my mother-in-law, they're like, oh, you just look so much more comfortable. Yeah. And some of that is relationships. You when, know, did you, when did you feel that, though? When did you feel that comfort? Because we had Nate... We had Nate Burleson on the mm -hmm. show, 
And he was like, yeah, you know, I was kind of wearing these suits and I was just real tight and it just, I wasn't myself. Yeah. And then I finally just went home. He got his own suits and was just like, yo, I think I'm ready now. And he was like, for him, it was just like a light bulb that just went off. And it was just this calming presence. And yeah. it was like, boom, I'm going to call, I'm going to do the news. Like, was there, was there a moment when you just like, you know what? This is football. I got this. Relax. Yeah. And then just was when did you when did you know that moment? I would say probably about the middle of the football season. So it started at the end of July, and it's just the repetitions. Like mm-hmm. you do the show every day for three hours. So by the middle of the of the season, it was just like now I know what to expect. Yeah. And yeah. the tough thing, like you mentioned, Nate, like that was the hardest part of like you go on that show for me and Jamie, Nate and Kay were phenomenal. Like yeah. this show started with them, and the two people, Peter and Kyle, are still there, and them two leave. And when you first start the show, you go and you you know you can't go on social media. But this show sucks without Nate and Kay. So like you're trying to live up to people that were really good at their job who set the table. And then that's what's by midseason, it was just like, the hell with all that. I'm just gonna go be myself and wherever that leaves me, it leaves me. And it's kind of an advantage because for us, your first dream, like for me, was playing football. And I did that and I got to accomplish a lifelong dream. This is just like, all right, this is a developing passion that if I suck, then I just need to find something different to do. But for right now, I'm just going to practice it, go out there and perform my best and see where that puts me. You know, I, I love also staying in that, this vein. I, I love Good Morning America, um, the football, just because you guys are highly entertaining. This guy, Kyle Brandt, is hilarious Y'all. to me. He's hilarious. He's intense. I, I, I called him one time. Dude is intense. I know he's a diehard Buffalo fan, so maybe it has to do with something too. But this guy is off the chain. Uh, what's it like working in that type of environment where not every some 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 stations are more conservative than others, but yeah. it seems like on this one, they really let you guys cut up, you guys have fun and, and really does that help with calming the nerves and getting to a place chemistry. where you are now? Oh, it definitely helps. And I compare it to we're used to being in a locker room, like being in a DB room. You're used to having your DBs around you. Oh, yeah. We joke more than anybody. Shenanigans. More than anybody. <laughs> and that's All where day. you see after we're on the show for a while, like now that I know Kyle, like I know but, we know we can say anything off the yes. cuff to each other because it's not personal. Right. We're entertaining. But that's the cool thing, to your point, like Kyle is so creative. Like we'll sit yeah. there and you'll say something. He'll come with a rebuttal. And you'll be like, damn, you just thought of that that quick? (laughs) And because our show's every day and we do it so early in the morning, like, we don't rehearse. So you put in maybe some of your answers, a lot of answers, like, I want to wait and do it on the show to see, have everybody's reaction. I want their reaction. Oh, so it's so cool being in that environment. It's not just the four of us at the table. It's everybody behind the scenes. And I think sometimes when we leave the game, guys have trouble transitioning to the next thing, I think. For me, I've been blessed that you leave a huge locker room with 70 guys in it, and then you have the support staff. And now I've just walked into a smaller locker room yeah. from the people behind the cameras. to That was a thing early on for me where I say get to the middle of the season. Now when you're in there, you're not like waving someone down. You're just like to the camera, hey, to the stage manager, hey, Danny, uh, can you help me with this? Or to, hey, Connor, you know people's names and yes. now there's relationships. You know a little bit about their why. And I think that's the coolest thing of building that comfort of now it means something to you when you know the people you're working Man, with. Man, that's so cool and so true. Uh, I got my gig with ESPN SEC Network mm-hmm. during COVID. And so, like, I worked for a whole year and didn't even see nobody's face. It's tough. It was, like, weird because you have no personal relationship. Yeah. The people I worked with on my show were all remote. Mm-hmm. So you don't build that chemistry. And it literally took me a year and a half, yeah. two years before I was like, 
Oh, so I do know this person. Yes, yes. And I do know, like, I can't yes. just talk. And, like, they are rooting for me. Uh -huh. I don't know who they are behind the mask. So I totally get it when people don't recognize us when we have a helmet on. Because mm -hmm. I was in that position. No doubt about it. And uh, you're on there with Ben, right? Yes. So, and he's Love a Ben guy. Watson. I remember got a chance to play with Ben. Ben was probably 40 his last year in New England. <laughs> and I remember uh, looking at him and for us, myself, Dev, and then Matthew Slater, like he was the guy. So it was just like, and it wasn't just who Ben was on the football field, but it was just like who he was as a person. My man. There's no better, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So it's so cool. And to that point, when you work with people like that, it just makes it an enjoyable experience. Yeah. All right. So where do you want to take this career next? I don't know. Uh, people ask that's me great, that, that I don't and know to be honest, sorry, I even asked. That. No, it, it's a it's a it's a great question. And like I sit down, you talk to your agent, like, well, what what's next? We want to help you get there. I'm like, damn, I don't I don't know. Like, I'm still figuring this out. Like this year, I'm calling games for CBS as well, doing some for radio for Westwood One. That's a new journey. I'm enjoying that as well. Um, so I'm just kind of taking them as they come. I didn't expect when I got hired for Good Morning Football. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this for the next however many years and see what happens. And then Westwood One called about doing games on radio. Then this year, CBS called. And it's just like, damn, I still got a wife and three kids. So even figuring out all of that dynamic, because like we started this thing off, when opportunities come, it's hard to say no, because there's no guarantee that it's coming back around. Yeah, so legacy is big, mm -hmm. right? I had a great career. We do this thing right now. You know, we, we do our media thing, right? And I have four kids. He's got four kids. And I'm always trying to show my kids that I'm trying to do something positive. Mm -hmm. I went back and got a degree. I want them to know that I'm always learning and growing. I'm not too old to learn something yeah. new. Um, you know, with your with your career, with winning a Super Bowl, and now you're getting into the media, what do you think you want your legacy to be to your three kids? Man, uh, so funny you say that. Uh, when I retired and – I play, we play long enough and you can make enough money where you're just, oh, I can take some time off. And yeah. I remember um, my time in Miami, my last year, we had a player development guy by the name of Caleb Thornhill, elite, like one of the best people I've been around. And he put on a business combine for players in the offseason. So he would bring you in there for three days and it'd be at a hotel room or in a ballroom. He'd bring in venture capital people, uh, real, real estate people. All types of different backgrounds, he'd put these people in front of us, and we'd get to ask some questions. We'd do workshop different things. I remember there was an angel investor there worth $60 million, and I can't remember what country it was from, but he talked about him and his sister growing up mm -hmm. and bombs being dropped on them and them running for cover, and that was his childhood. And he talked about now being able to provide more for his kids, and I remember asking him the question. I was just like, you talk about your childhood of what it was like and how it made you into who you are and helped you to get to where you're at. Now you have children who are growing up vastly different. They're not in the struggle. They're not in any type of struggle. They might be on private planes the whole nine. How do you instill in them a work ethic? And what he told me was like, I want to show them that I'm working, that this stuff doesn't just appear. He said, I'd buy a company and I'd rent an apartment across the street and my kids would come over to the office every single day and they'd see daddy doing work in meetings on the phone. And he said that was important to him. And when I retired, that kind of rung true for me of my kids. They're still young. My oldest is just 10. So the football thing, they know I played, they were at games, but it doesn't really register. Right. So now for them to be able to see me, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. doesn't matter how much money I'm making, but just to know that you live in this house, you have food on the table because somebody leaves the house and goes to work and provides it for you. That's what I want for them. I want them to know that, if you want something, you can achieve it, but you have to put the work in. Anything worth having is going to take hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. And I think that, for me, is the biggest thing I want to leave them with.
That's what's up. I see. I love that. You make me feel better because I'm always like, man, my kids ain't struggling enough. They got it too easy. Ain't man, one of these mother jokers hungry. Ain't nobody. You grow up a certain way, you know. You know it made you the way it made you. Yeah, 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 and it's just like they don't have that. And you're like, how do I? How do I still put that in there? And it's funny. My son now is playing football. It's called flex football. So they wear full pads, but it's still flag. And it's so funny. Like, What's that like? It, it, it's it's awesome. I'm I'm help co- like I'm coaching him the whole nine, and seeing him how much better he's gotten, and he'll tell you that he was like, yo, in the beginning, daddy, I wasn't good, but now I feel like I'm the best player on the team. So for him to think that like I can go work hard and get better, yeah, I'm like now we just need to transition that in every aspect of life. Love it. Yeah, yeah, that's dope, dope. So um, I guess my next question is I, I follow these 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 triplets on uh on Instagram. Mm-hmm. They it's like three separate pillars. And one guy will come out of a pillar and he'll walk by a woman and she'll, oh, excuse me. And then the second triplet will come out and walk by the woman and she's like, oh, wait. And then she'll do a double take. Uh. And then by the third one, the third time, the dude will come out and he was, you know, bumping to the chick. And she's like, wait. What the what the hell? Yeah. And one time they, they were dressed in like uh they I've were dressed in like those. black and white suits uh-huh. and they looked like uh Mr. Uh they looked like the agents on the Matrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would say, Mr. Anderson. And the dude was like, What the f-? <laughs> like the dude was tripped out, right? Please tell me you have some kind of a crazy story that you and Dev like played a trick on somebody. You know the crazy thing is anybody close to us has always known us apart. So I remember Early on in college. All right, give me the clue. So what's the easiest way to tell you guys apart? So his face is fatter than mine. Okay. So if we were sitting right here. We'd be able to tell right off. When we're together, I think so. Yeah. As kids, I can look at a kid picture and I don't know who the hell is it. Like, I'll have to to ask my mom. Um, But I remember when I first started dating my wife and she came, she was coming over and Dev was like, I'm going to go answer the door. And as soon as he answered the door, she was just like, what's up, Dev? She was like, your neck is fatter than Jay's. So it was just like, it was, yeah, it's uh, always little always stuff. Always little yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in New England, though, Bill couldn't tell us apart at all. <laughs> like, and Dev had been there for so long, he would just call me Dev. And, and training camp, we'd wear the same exact thing. Same sleeve, same everything. Yeah. And he'd be like, you guys, you have to wear the same bleeping thing every day. I know you're twins, but we've never been able to like really fool someone. We tried it in uh, elementary school, and one of our friends yelled it out before the teacher. We've never been able to do like the full on heist and fool somebody. And my mom, really, you can ask my mom. She said, she said I'd be, I could tell them from the back of their heads. Like, <laughs> she, you know, mama knows. She, like, <laughs> so you, we were never able. We said one day, like, I'm gonna have him just walk into Good Morning Football and oh. do and do a show. And see, so I'm hoping maybe he'll let me get to NBC and expand my my portfolio too. So we'll we'll see one day. I like that. I like that. But like those that know, know always exactly always no no doubt. It'll be interesting when you guys get a chance to meet him. You'll walk in and be like. Damn, y'all look, always be like, oh, he no, I see the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, fat neck. Right? Okay, exactly. Yeah. It's, like, exactly. it's a little, it's little, 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 little yeah. details. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's he's funny, coming, though, that Bill, like, just oh, yeah. never. How about your DB coach? Could he tell? Yeah, yeah. And uh, in college, Seattle called us twin. A lot of guys on the team called it. Like, if you try, you can tell us apart. But I remember, and for coaches, I remember Shannon had identical twins. And he said early on, I couldn't tell them apart. Just because, you know, coaches, they live in a facility. Yeah, yeah, they, so they live in time. the whole nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, they'll have yeah. time to ask. Did y'all sound the same, though? Didn't you, like, answer the phone call when— Oh, he talking about his draft story? The draft? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He gets in— 
for him, he was waiting for so long to get drafted at the end of the first round. He was nervous, I guess, at the end of the first round. So he said he had to go to the bathroom. I think he just needed a moment to get away. Because I guess it is. like when you, For me— When you're told you're going to be a first well, round. Well, you know you're at the end. You're just chilling. You're just watching the draft. Like, yeah. For him, he was a tweener end of first round, second round. So as the first round started to get to the end and there's trades going on, and next thing you know, his phone rings and it's Mr. Kraft. And I answer it. So I'm like, hey, how you doing? He said, hey, Devin, we want to let you know we're driving. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right. Yeah, I just acted to be it. This, this is natural for us. Like, I could have walked in here. Somebody could have been like, yo, Dev, I would have turned around. I'm like, nah, I'm his brother. But I'm just so used to being called right. both names. Right. So he was like, all right, we're going to put Coach Belichick on the phone. At this time, I was after my rookie year. Any story about Bill is like, he's scary. So I run. I'm like, Dev, Dev, you got drafted. You got drafted. And about, so I'm the one who answered it. So I told Mr. Kraft, like, in reality, he still owes me a signing bonus because he did draft me that day. I just never got that original contract. So... Yeah. All right, now, I've also heard you're big into donuts. I love donuts. Sprinkles or non-sprinkles? You can give me the sprinkles. Sprinkles, yeah. what kind? Uh, vanilla frosted, strawberry frosted, either one. Rainbow sprinkles, though, not the chocolate ones. Okay, I mean oh, yeah. My, ones. Okay, but why, why, like why donuts, though? Like, what's, what I just, is I did just, like, I'm not a cake guy. Yeah. Donuts, cookies, or ice cream. Those are the only desserts I'll eat. Like, what kind of ice cream? V- vanilla bean. Now, ice cream over gelato? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm no, with you gelato every day. Yeah. Peanut juice is so No. Yeah. I'm uppity. I'm, I'm fancy. See, yeah. I'm just, See, he hey, wasn't gel- always like that. No. Gelato. He wasn't like gelato. that all the time, dude. Hey, gelato and prosciutto, baby. Up, you know See, gelato, gelato and prosciutto. prosciutto. I don't, I don't do bologna no more. Mm. I didn't came up. <laughs> I didn't come this far to just I didn't come, come this, this far. far to go back to bologna. Dude, I'm like, prosciutto all day, baby. I love fried Y'all know what's up. I'm not going to apologize for that. You ain't anyway. still eating no fried bologna. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I wish I was, though. Like, it's still so good. Make the kids I, eat it every I, now nah, and then. Yeah, yeah, I, do. I, I do. I do. Just to, like, yeah, I don't care up. how much you money I make or how yeah. successful I've been, I still eat ramen. Yeah? You still, still, yeah but you eat, you eat, like, the ramen noodle, like, the 69-cent pack? Yes, Or yes. you go to, like, no, no, a no, nice no, fancy no, ramen No, 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 no. Like, the 69-cent pack that we grew up in, like, do you eat in college when you had no you money? Still, you still put the hot water on it? Yeah, You got to get high blood pressure. Stop eating that, man. I eat it every so often. I know. My kids know what it is. You, they cut, cut, it. you cut a hot dog up <laughs> and put it in there? It oh, is. my God. That's what's up. Yeah. I still got a little hood tendencies. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't feel like, I'm going to eat some ramen today. Let me boil this joint up with a cup of noodles. Yeah, that's what's up. That's 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 what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> Prosciutto, you know. It's all good. All right. So one of the questions we ask all the guests, mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore. If you don't know, it's got four presidents. But mm-hmm. um, I want to know the four people in your life that Ooh. have – had an impact, mentor, mm. coach, player, uh, brother, mother, whoever, whoever these four individual people are that had a really big impact on your life. Oh, who, uh, who would that be? My Mount Rushmore would be like one person at the very top and then the other three would just be down at the bottom. And that's mom. Uh, yeah, my yeah. mom, single parent, father passed away when I was just three years old. And she, people ask me that, like, who's your favorite? I'm like, mom was everything. Sacrifice. She's uh, she was a psychiatrical nurse, got in a car accident. She's had double-digit knee surgeries. So mm. I've watched her struggle throughout my life. And I remember being in elementary school, and I had to write a paper. and was like, one day I'm going to be a professional basketball player or a football player, and I'm going to buy mom a house. And, like, being able to do that was surreal. Yeah. So she is she's everything that Devin and myself and my older brother are off the field or out of sports is because of her. She is 
instilled and built me and molded me into the guy and the man, father, husband I am today. Um, so she would be number one by far. Um, the second person for me would be my wife. So we met when I was just 19 years old mm. and we've been together ever since. So um, she, uh, every Did day. Dev like her early? Um, she didn't, she had to put up with him. Early. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's always weird dynamic. When you, you meet, when you meet in college, that's your most immature phase. It, yeah. So immature. So immature. My brother, my other roommates, all of us, like she knows where all the bodies are burned, the whole nine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So for sure her, um, you talked about the fiddlers early on today. We had to wear, oh, I did overalls with no shirt on. And that was just probably the second outfit we had where I didn't have a shirt on. And I always run it by my wife. Don't go on TV. When no, she, she said to me last week, you, you just going to dress like this every week? Like, I was just like, I'm, I'm just trying to make good television. I'm, I'm trying to get you to finer things in life with this next, this next career. So she would definitely be uh, number two. And then three and four would be my brothers. Uh, Dev, my identical twin brother, and then my older brother, Larry. Um, Dev, like I said, we hold each other accountable. My older brother, not having a father figure, he wasn't a dad to me, but he was just that super supportive big yeah, brother. For sure. For yeah. us growing up playing sports, there was nobody that was going to talk more trash about how good his younger brothers were than my older brother. In the neighborhood, we were little Larry. We, we, we were growing up, oh, them, them L's brothers. And that was him talking trash the whole nine and just always being there um, no matter what happened. So for me, it's always been family. Coaches and everybody have been great people in my life, supplement when you're away from home and all of that. But for me, it started at home. And it's always been that. Man, that's a blessing. Um, and Ron kind of reminds me of my oldest brother. He, you know, when the oldest brother shows support and love, bro, it's different. It just, it just says hits a little bit different. Puts that man. confidence in you. Yeah, man. Yeah. Jason, man, dude, this was awesome, man. Thank you. Uh, I, I see you got a, a hoodie on Shock the World. What's up with that? This was uh, one of my old college teammates. He had, he was doing a clothing line at one point, and he had sent me this. Uh, so Shock the World. I mean. That's words that anybody can live by. Something you're doing, yeah. you're trying to redefine stuff. No doubt, man. You want to slide back and throw that J up here too, bro? You got oh, yeah, some, yeah, some you got fly the kicks on, dog. Flies. Yeah, 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 bro. Throw them These up the there, no, dog. The no photos joints. Um, I'm a big I'm a big sneaker guy. I used to yeah. save my lunch money, and my mom would drive me to the mall on Saturday. <laughs> We'd be out there in line. Now you're on the sneakers app, on StockX, all this <laughs> other stuff. Aftermarket prices. I was in there in the Aftermarket, mud. Aftermarket, you was in the mud. Right? Foot action and foot locker and all of that. So, Retail, baby. I mean, yeah. how, many sneakers do you, how many sneakers do you think you own? Probably, I would say 300, 300. somewhere around that. Okay. Somewhere around okay. that. I give and a lot of, now, like, now, when I stop wearing them, I give them away. Okay, yeah. are you the sneaker guy? Okay, so you told, him, told me something there. So you're the sneaker guy that buys and wears. Yes, no, Because no, it's no. a lot of people that they buy just, they and just, buy just leave them. No, no, I'm not putting anything on ice. To hold. You do that for too long, you go to wear the sneaker, the bottom coming off. They're not made that well just to sit. I, I, I wear all. I wear all of my sneakers. I applaud you. I wear all of them. I applaud you for yeah. being that guy. Jason McCordy, man, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I know Wheat Peanut's going to get us out of here, but I want to first and foremost thank our listeners, our viewers, for always tuning in. Give us a five-star rating. Hit that click, that click that button, follow and like. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Thank you guys wherever you listen to your podcast or pick them up. iHeartRadio Podcast, Apple Podcast. Thank you so much as always. Peanut, get us out of here, dog. Hey, appreciate y'all watching. Appreciate the support. I'm Peanut. This Roman. Jason was on the show. Thank y'all. God bless. Thanks, brother. We out. Appreciate y'all. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 